0: Bible. and this week we're being joined again by Mike Livingston. Mike is one of the editors on the team. Uh, Mike, thank you for being with us today. Happy to be here. Today we're looking at Proverbs 15, verses 33 through chapter 6, verse 11, and it deals with the issue of pleasing God. Um, the, the outline or the passage is outlined in this way. Uh, first of all, wisdom is demonstrated. That's in Proverbs 15:33 and 16:8. In these two verses, Solomon declared that humbly revering God is wise. In fact, it's more valuable than great wealth. In verses 1 and then 4 through 5 and 9 of chapter 16, the outline is entitled, at that point, Accountability Established. In these verses, Solomon explained that while humans can think and act for either good or evil, God is sovereign. And will hold all people accountable in the end. We're going to deal more with that idea of sovereignty here in just a second as Mike and I talk about this particular session. The third point in the outline is that motives matter. And that comes from Proverbs 16, 2, and then verses 10 through 11. In these verses, Solomon emphasized that pleasing God involves right motives as well as right actions. Two examples of God-pleasing right actions are a king's delivery of fair decisions, and a merchant's use of honest measurements, both of which are pointed to by Solomon. The third point is entitled, Blessing Assured, and that looks at verses 3 and 6 through 11. In these verses, Solomon identified blessings that come to those who revere the Lord and seek to please Him. Stability, deliverance from evil, and peace are the three things he identifies. Now, before we get moving have our conversation, Mike, I would put, want to point out to everyone about the Bible skill this week. The Bible skill talks about using multiple passages to help understand a major doctrine. One of the things you may want to do here is prior to the group coming together, assign these seven verses to different people. That way they can be ready to read or summarize those verses. Then have different folks record the responses about what they discover about humility as each one of these is read and that way you can still do that Bible skill. Looking up seven verses one at a time may be a little bit of a challenge, but if you do it that way, I think that may help you uh, use that Bible skill during the group time. So Mike, let's jump right in here uh, to some of the questions that that I think may need to be addressed. Um, How can we uh, reinforce the idea that we are accountable for our actions without implying a works-based salvation?
1: Yeah, a theme that runs throughout Scripture is this: that God is sovereign, and at the same time, we are responsible; we are accountable for our actions. So, we're going to talk about accountability first. I know we'll we'll get to sovereignty in, in a minute here, but uh, accountability is is clearly um, c- clearly a theme of Scripture. Uh, some other passages that that bring this into clarity for us is you know Jesus taught. Um, about a day of judgment coming when everyone will give an account uh, before the Lord and we're going to be responsible as believers for our actions and our words. And that's in Matthew twelve thirty six, where he said, On the day of judgment, people will give an account for every worthless word they speak. Um, uh, clearly, there's, that's, there's an accountability there, right? We, so so we, we, we don't want to be misunderstood as teachers. We don't want to be misunderstood when we talk about this. Uh, we don't want to come across as implying a works-based salvation Mm -hmm. or or righteousness. We are saved by grace apart from works. When we speak about believers giving an account of themselves to God for our actions, we're, we're talking about the assignment of rewards, the giving of rewards or the loss of rewards. We're not talking about salvation in the sense of losing salvation at all. So we don't want to, we don't want to imply that. Uh, Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. He made it clear, he says, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he's done in the body, whether good or evil. So that's a clear accounting uh, that Paul's talking about. Um, we're, we we will be judged, we'll, we'll be rewarded for how we've lived. So our salvation is secure as believers, but rewards can be won or lost according to our faithfulness to the Lord. You've already mentioned the idea of
0: sovereignty. Let's go ahead and deal with that issue. How can we help our group wrestle with the idea of
1: God's sovereign rule here? Uh, that's that's something we were we wrestle with for we sure. You write books um, on that. Could. Yeah, um, w- w- it's one of the great mysteries of Scripture: uh, God's sovereignty over all things and our accountability in, in all things. So whether we understand or not, how how both can coexist, we affirm because the Bible teaches God is sovereign and we're responsible. We're accountable. Now. Um, whether or not God is actually sovereign is usually not a topic we debate as Christians. We we don't we don't debate that. Uh, most Christians agree that God is sovereign in, in you know in His power and His authority that He has the power, the wisdom, and the, the authority to do whatever He chooses. I, I, I don't hear I don't hear anybody debating that really as, in the church. If we did, that we'd be saying God's less than God. Yeah. That's so that's that's not the that's not the issue for us. What we wrestle with. What we debate over is how much control God exerts over our will. Uh, so, and people can take you know extreme positions, and you know either way. Some would emphasize God's sovereignty to the point that that we are little more than robots, and we're just doing what we've been programmed to do. The other extreme would be to emphasize our will, free will, to the point of. God's not being in control or God not having knowledge of, of all things. So we, we, want, we want to avoid either extreme. So here, here are two truths that I would affirm. Two truths would be, one, God is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. His, his perfect knowledge extends to all things, past, present, future, including our future decisions. And then the second truth, the second part of that is the truth Uh, The truth is that God does not violate our wills. Uh, He doesn't violate our our human will, our free will. Um, I I think it's arrogant to think that because we can't completely and perfectly understand or explain something that it it simply can't be true. Um, So whether or not we understand how both God's sovereignty and our responsibility can coexist, whether or not we can understand and explain that, we affirm that that God is sovereign and we are accountable. Both are true. In 1533 and
0: 165, we see the idea of humility and pride. Are we then to understand that we're not to be proud of what we do or accomplish, or how do we understand? How do we deal with this issue of hum, of true humility and pride? Here?
1: Yeah, there's there's no room uh, for us to doubt how God feels about pride or arrogance. Um, 16, 5, Proverbs 16.5 says, you know, a proud heart is detestable to the Lord and will not go unpunished. Okay, there's no room, you know, for us to doubt how God feels about pride. He hates pride. Why does, why does he hate pride? Why is pride sinful? Because pride is taking the glory that belongs to God and is putting it in ourselves. It's a form of self-worship. It's giving ourselves the credit for something that God has done. Having said that, there, there is a boasting that is good, uh, and the, the scripture teaches of, of, or it reveals that some boasting is good. Uh, and I'll give you an example, a couple of examples of that in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 131, uh, I believe it is, let, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Um, and, and Paul is quoting from actually quoting from Jeremiah there in Jeremiah nine twenty three. He says, "The wise person should not boast in his wisdom. The strong should not boast in his strength. The wealthy should not boast in his wealth. But the one who boasts should boast in this: that he understands and knows Me, that I am the Lord." So, boasting in the Lord is actually boasting about the Lord, boasting who He is, what He's done, what He's still doing, what He's you know what He's about to do. Um so are we, I think the question, you know, are are, are we not to be proud uh, of what we do? Or are we not to be proud of what others uh, do or accomplish? Uh, it depends on what we mean by being proud or pride. <laughs> I, I can tell you as a grandfather, I'm pretty proud of my grandkids. And I know you you feel the same way. You're yeah. a grandpa, so you know what I'm talking about. Um I don't think that's a, that's not an evil pride at, at, by any means. Paul said uh, to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 7, 4, I have great pride in you. You know, he talked about having pride in the Corinthians. And so the term uh, pride can, can have neg- a negative connotation. Of that a, wouldn't of, be
0: selfish pride. No,
1: no. So, yeah, so on the one hand, it can be a negative connotation of sinful arrogance but pride can also have that positive connotation of praise, and that's how Paul used it. His boast, his pride in the Corinthians was, was really a, a, a boasting in what God was doing in them. It was a, more of a gratitude than not an arrogance at all. And he also, Paul also talked in another place about how a person can take pride in himself, um, which is not always a sinful thing. Let each person examine his own work, he says in Galatians six four, and then he can take pride in himself alone, and not compare himself with someone else. And again, I think what Paul is talking about there is 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 not an arrogance and, and look at what look what I've done, look what I've accomplished, and you know compared to other people, look what I've done. But it's more of a taking pride in what God has done in us, and 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 always giving Him the credit for what he's done. So boasting can be negative, it can be positive. It's positive when we recognize that God is the source of our blessing and God is the object of our boasting. It's, it's negative when we give ourselves the credit for something that God's done or we take the glory that belongs to him and we put it on ourselves. That's when it's negative.
0: Another issue here that's kind of related to the pride and humility thing is, is motives, why we do stuff. In verses two and then 10 and 11 of chapter 16, we see that idea. How does Solomon's focus on motive? What does that say to us about our reason for doing something, even the right thing?
1: Yeah, We can do the right things for the wrong reasons. We can do the right things uh, with wrong motives, perhaps to impress people uh, would be a, a motive and and when we do the right things for the wrong reasons people might be impressed but God is never impressed by that you know we paul talked in philippians about how you know there were some who were preaching uh, christ out of selfish ambition you know saying the right things and doing the right things and actually preaching jesus but they're doing it out of selfish ambition and not sincerely you think about how Jesus talked so much about motive um, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew six one, where he said, "Don't practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven." So, so we want to be careful, you know, that we're not doing the right things for the wrong reasons. Well, okay, what's the right reason for doing the right things? What's what's the right motivation? Um, Again, I'm going, going to New Testament here, First uh, Thessalonians 2:4, Paul says, "We speak not to please people, but rather God. We speak not to please people, but rather God, who examines our hearts. Um, so, so, so let me just I'll give you three questions to ask uh, to kind of help judge your motives and, and your, your motivation for doing things. Um, one, question one, if no one ever knew, what I'm doing you know if no one ever knew you know what I'm doing in, in service or giving would I still do it if no one ever knew what I'm doing would I still do it and if your motivation is to please God then yeah you'd, you'd still do it if, even if no one else ever knew it second question is is if people if the people you're serving never praise you if they never show any gratitude for what you do will you will you keep on doing it And if your motivation is to please God, then yeah, you're going to keep on doing that even if no one ever notices or praises you or shows any gratitude. And then the third question is, if people misunderstand or criticize what you're doing, are you going to stop doing it? And if your motivation is to please God, no, you won't stop, even if people criticize you for for what you're doing because your motivation is not to please them but to please God.
0: Those three questions again
1: are would I do it if
0: no one knew, If I never was praised or acknowledged for, and then if I was misunderstood or criticized for doing it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Mike. Any other insights you would have from Proverbs chapter 15 through 6:11? Yeah,
1: you know, just you know, the reason we do what we do as teachers. You know, if you teach a group every week, week after week, why do you do that? The reason you do that. As we've said, it's it's not to please people or to impress people. It's to please God. So let's, let's let that be our motivation this week, to please God. Before we go, let me direct
0: you to Extra. In Extra, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news event to introduce and conclude a group time. The file is free, and it works with the group plans in the Adult Leader Guide and the Leader Helps in the Daily Discipleship Guide. It'll either be as a supplement or as a replacement to those ideas that are provided. These ideas are posted 10 days prior to the suggested use date, and you can find these on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following in your web browser. Just type go goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. That's go explorethebible.com forward slash leader expert.